all know a guy who only occasionally shaves for big occasions, and it's because that occasional shave really hurts. It's the time of year for big occasions, and yet there he is, suffering with that cheap drugstore razor. Let's help him out. Henson Shaving's line of razors, built with aerospace precision, deliver a smooth shave your dad, brother, and even son can enjoy, eventually. With replacement blades just 10 cents each, you'll buy it once, and they'll use it for life. How's that for the perfect gift? Celebrate with 100 free blades on your first purchase, and no subscription headaches. HensonShaving.com slash holiday. Hi, this is a special bulletin. Este o bulletin especial. Alright, what's going on everybody? Hello, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whatever time it is in your city, in your state, in your country. This is Joseph Brownlee, your host of Body of Christ Real Talk. This is a special bulletin. This is a special announcement I want to bring up. I want to talk about a certain special bulletin topic. Hmm. This is something that's been on my heart uh, for the last, matter of fact, a few days. It's been building up, you know, for a while, you know, because it's been so heavy on my heart that it, 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 it has brought a lot of anger to myself. And I don't like feeling like that. You know, it, it has brought a lot of anger to myself as well as others. But I can only speak for me and I can only just speak up on that. Okay. And this is going to be towards black Americans. Yeah. I'm going to talk about us now. Let's, let's talk about black Americans. Or should I just say the authenticity of black people? Or should I say African Americans, which some of our people like to call themselves. But I'm going to be frank. I'm going to, since I'm on this show and this is my show, (laughs) you know, I'm going to use the term black Americans. I'm going to stick to American, so America. So if you're offended by that, I'm sorry. You know, you don't have to listen to this podcast. If you look at yourself as a black American or whatever type of black, whatever, you know, that's your choice. But right here, I see black America. You're here in America. Most of you was born here in America. Okay, so I'm talking to black Americans. Okay. Now, what I'm going to talk about is not to put down my own race. I love my race. I love my all my own ethnicity. I try to stay away from that race because it's misconstrued, you know. But basically, I'm not putting down my own ethnicity, my own people. Not at all. Not at all. I love my color. I love my black people as an ethnicity because I'm a black man. I'm a black man, okay? I love my black women, my black females. You know, I love them because of the black, because we are black. You know, that's a very strong, we are very proud people. Okay, so the message is aimed at black men and black women. Okay? The main focus is going to be on a certain subject. 
the title of this topic, the special bulletin that I like to call it, the title of this topic will be Stop Giving Up Your Color for a Curse. Hmm, let me say that again. I just felt this in my heart that the call is this, and this is what I come up with. You know, people are stuck on titles. I usually don't use a lot of titles, but this is, I'm going somewhere with this title. So the name of this topic will be Stop Giving Up Your Color for a Curse. Say, Joe, what do you mean by that? Give me time. You're going to find out what I mean by that. I'm going to start slowly. Now I'm going to let you know up front, I am outside. I'm at a uh, area called the 12th Street Beach. It's, man, it's, it's, it's nice. The water's not... It's, remember the last time I remember the last podcast I've done, you heard a lot of waving of the waters and of the ocean and stuff like that. But as you can hear now, if you can, you know, it's very serene and it's calm. It's very calm. It's a beautiful night here in downtown Chicago. It's about 70-some degrees right here tonight. Downtown town Chicago. Very beautiful. I mean, man, you can hear the, the birds chirping and everything. So, I'm in an area that I'm chilled, and it's very calm, and I'm kind of relaxed. I just got through eating, yum, 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 you know, you know, feeding my face. So, I'm kind of very chill. Now, therefore, you might still hear, feel a little wind as time go by, and you know, you're going to hear some sounds, maybe some ambulance or whatever like that, because I am outside and I love doing outside podcasts. I started podcasting radio, doing outside podcasting. Enough of that, though. Let's get into this. And uh, I want to talk about this. Now, what I'm going to talk about might offend a lot of people, you know, but truth usually offends people, including myself. Real truth, real, real in your face. Now, in your face don't mean you're putting people down. It just means you letting them know the truth or you're giving them opinion or, or certain things like that or even some facts, okay? So, it's like some of my, uh, my radio shows, it's a lot of controversial things I talk about. And, and you know I don't only get talk put down people, I throw myself out there. I add myself in, especially if I'm I'm involved in that type of thought or that type of action was going on, okay? So I never exclude or exempt myself when I talk about certain things. You know, I put myself there. Now, if, I have, if, I, if I'm not in that area or I don't think that way, I'm not just going to put myself there because I don't think that way. And I'm not ashamed to say that. That ain't me. That's the way I think. But I'm just saying, whatever subject, uh, certain subjects I talk about, I'll let you know if I've been there, done that. Okay? So, let's get into this. Scenario. You have two black men. This official story, but it, it, there is some truth, okay? So stay with me, please. You have two black men grew, that grew up in the hood. I'm going to even use Chicago, the south side or the west side of Chicago that's known not only from Chicagoans who grew up in the, those areas like myself, but people that's outside in other cities and states know about these certain areas in Chicago, Okay. I'm going to use my old neighborhood, Morgan Park. You have two black men. 
that grew up in Morgan Park. They hung out together. They was best friends. This is a fictional story, so I'm just, but it's, it's a realistic, you know, message to it. They hung out together growing up in Morgan Park. You know? All right. They was best friends. You know, they shared a lot of things. And they was real close. From five years old until the age of 25, 30, something like that. I'm just throwing numbers out there. 25 or 30 or something like that. Okay? As they got older, now, they both was doing their thing. They was even getting high together. They was, you know... You know, and et cetera, woo, woo, woo. Things like that. They was doing those things together because they was close friends. Okay? But as they got older, one of the brothers, they like to call each other, or we like what, or like we like, we call each other, wanted to branch out because he seen a new way than the getting high, than the smoking, and whatever like that. The drinking, and they used to do it together. While the other one wanted to keep on doing what he was doing. Okay. One of, I'm making this up now, so it's coming as I'm just freestyling. One of them decided that I want to be a drug dealer. I want to make some fast money. I want to do this and I want to do that. I want to be on top of the world. I want to be successful, but I want to do it in this way. Selling drugs, drinking, or, no, well, just say selling drugs, whatever the drug is, marijuana or cocaine or whatever they got out there. They got all kind of stuff, heroin or whatever, you know. I want to go that route because I feel that's the best way and the best route for the black man today. Now, I'm not saying all black men think like this, so let's stay with me. I think that's the best way for me. I'm speaking for the young man. For me, I think that's the best route for me. You know, I need it right now. I need it quick because I feel that barriers are stopping me. I feel that the white man or the cracker is going to slow me down from really doing something successful. That's why I don't have an education. That's why I can't do what I want to do. You know, this, my mother used to tell me about this. My dad used to tell me about this. That the white man is always out here to keep me down. To keep me down. So, therefore, I got to do what I have to do. What I have to do to move forward and get past that barrier the best way I can. Because I'm never going to make it to the top. In that type of way because the white man, the cracker, is holding me back. He's got a barrier over me, so therefore I'm going to go that route. Okay? So, but, the other black young man had an idea as doing better as well. Now, but remember, in the past, they both had the same lifestyle growing up. But, you know, the, this young man decided, yes, I hear you or I feel you, brother. But I want to go another route, too. I have a, another way of looking at it, though, how I want to do it. See, I want to go to school to better my education, you know, because I know about this certain college that helps young black men in general. So I'm going to take advantage of that, you know, 
and there's other colleges. Or I want to go to the military, or I want to take a trade, because every, every, everybody don't go to colleges. Four-year colleges are so ridiculously expensive. Okay, this is fictional, remember. This, this does not actually happen, but this is just a story that comes into a real meaning. Okay, so therefore, what I want to do, I want to get more educated, and I want to become a real estate investor. I want to invest in real estate. I want to own my own buildings. You know, I know this white man that's willing to help me. He has certain barriers that I can get through just walking through it. Okay? All I have to do is persevere myself and I can get through it. You know? I use white man because I'm, I'm, I'm going somewhere with this. Have both of them looked at it. And I appreciate him doing that. I might feel a little uncomfortable because I grew up in a situation that the white man, you know, was the cracker. and He wanted to hold the black man down. But this white man stepped out and came to me and is willing to help me. So, therefore, I'm going to take advantage of that because I want to better myself. I want to stop doing what I'm doing. Now I know that I don't have to feel like no one is blocking me out because this white man made an opening for me to better myself in education and become a real estate investor and possibly own my own buildings. Okay? All right. The other black man, he understood that. But he said, yeah, but don't trust that cracker. Don't trust that redneck. They always say that. There's a, there's a trap, man. They always say that, you know. You got to remember this. What's put on us. Even the Bible talks about this, the black man. Listen to what I'm saying, okay. Even the Bible talks about this, you know. You know, these things, they put on us. You know, we're struggling because of them, okay? we I, I don't think we can go no further. So, man, you need to be careful, man. And the other young men say, I understand what you're saying. But, I, you know, I understand what you're saying, but I just see another way. I see another, I don't really see a barrier, sir. I don't see a barrier. I see an opening, you know? Yeah, you're not the other brother saying, no, nah, you're not seeing, man. You, you walking with your eyes wide closed, no, I'm not. And the other young man said, no, I'm not walking with my eyes wide closed. My eyes are actually open. I checked out other places. I researched things. I Google certain things. And I've seen that there's a lot of programs for a black man like me, just, just as much as it is for this Caucasian or this cracker or this white man that I have been told not to like and not to trust. Man, you remember 400 years ago, man, we was in slavery. Now, this other young man, you know, we still in slavery in another way, man. They are never, they will never let us get as high as them and own certain buildings. The younger black man said, I understand that too, but I don't need to get as high as them. I just need to get some as high as I need what I need. Okay? Long as those doors are open, I don't have to compete compete with the white man and trying to compete with him and get what he get. I'm just getting what's mine where it's, I see that there is not a barrier and those doors are opening. I don't see us being in slavery anymore. And then one day kept going at it and whatever like that. Okay. They went two separate ways. They had two separate thoughts, two different ways 
the way they seen things, okay? Why does that happen? They both of them grew up in the same hood. It's choices. It's choices. They both grew up. They both had two households. They both had two decent parents, you know. Their parents had two different type of thoughts. You see me? But they both grew up in the hood. And then it came a choice which way one of them wanted to go. One got caught up in going this to the left. One got caught up in going to the right. Okay. Decision making. Choice making. Okay. All right. Hmm. What's up with that? Okay. Now. Here's another scenario. And a lot of this is true going on now. You in Morgan Park. Or you in Argyle Gardens. Now, the ones not from Chicago don't understand these cities, but see, these are some of the roughest places so the so-called in Chicago, okay? Mostly on the south side now. It's be the south side and uh, the north, I mean the west side. This young man grew up in Chicago, west side. He didn't have a dad. His dad left him or he was killed when he was young. His mom had to do the best she can to take care of him. So she went into prostitution and everything like that. Or she got into drugs. I'm just using different scenarios that that happens in society in the black neighborhoods. Real things, real things. You know, so it's hard for her to get a job, et cetera, and everything, according to her. So that's the best way they can do. So by the young man or the young, I'm speaking of men now. So when a young man grew up seeing his dad not having a dad, he started hanging out and looking somewhat for a father figure. Now, they, all of them that struggle don't go this route, but I'm going somewhere looking for a father figure. You know, it's easy to find a father figure when you don't have no parents, especially for a young black man that don't have no dad, a strong black dad. You know, that's very important for a black man. Okay. He wind up getting he getting beat up. He wind up doing this. This started happening. He wind up dropping out of school. Now he's a very pretty pretty much a very smart young man, but he winds up dropping out of school either to help his mom out with her struggles or whatever like that. So he had to drop out early. That's a lot of that going on in the past and now today. So. He can't get a good job because he dropped out of school. Therefore, he don't have a lot of education, you know. So, there's a lot of things he just don't know. So, what's the other scenario that you think he's going to do? I didn't say have to. Listen carefully to my words. Have to. What is the next next scenario a lot of the young black men that struggle like that do? Not all of them. It's just a small percentage that do. They decide to hustle or they get coerced. They meet different people. They see certain ones in the hood making a lot of money, driving nice cars. And they know they need that to help mom out. Man, I need this. I need to help my mom out, man. I need to do something. I need to go somewhere. I need to make some money, some some money real fast, you know. And I know I can't do that finding a job because the job that I really want, I cannot get it because I'm not, I need a high school diploma, et cetera, stuff like that. And I can't get it, you know, according to uh, the laws, et cetera, here in Chicago. 
okay? So, I don't do drugs. I don't like doing drugs, you know. I, I'm not interested in drugs. But they do make a lot of money. They do make a lot, a lot of money. And I was talking to this guy named Bobby, man. He was telling me, man, you can make some real quick money. You don't have to smoke it. You don't have to do nothing. But you can make some real, real quick money, man. And to help your mom out, you know, et cetera, like that, man. Okay, okay, I'm into that. I, I hear that. I feel you on that, you know. And uh, so he winds up getting into that. He winds up, you know, make a long story short, uh, getting into the drugs, selling a little bit here, selling a little drop here, dropping a little bit here and everything, dub here, you know, whatever like that, you know, packages and building up his little portfolio, portfolio as, as in being known through the neighborhood as, you know, a successful young drug dealer, okay? And uh, something he wanted to get into, you know, for short, uh, for a short season to help his struggling mother out, he wound up prolonging because the money was so good, the money was so enticing, he prolonged it even longer and wound up selling for himself or start getting cars and whatever like that. Now, this is his situation. Everybody don't get into that or don't make it that far. They either, you know, stop it or they get drugged out or they get killed or they dead in the hood, you know, in a lot of the hoods, black neighborhoods. OK, so therefore he was doing OK. You know, he made pretty good money illegally with the drugs and, you know, different things like that. So he took care of his mom and whatever like that. The more he take care, took care of his mom, she was still struggling. We all know a guy who only occasionally shaves for big occasions, and it's because that occasional shave really hurts. It's the time of year for big occasions, and yet there he is, suffering with that cheap drugstore razor. Let's help him out. Henson Shaving's line of razors, built with aerospace precision, deliver a smooth shave your dad, brother, and even son can enjoy, eventually. With replacement blades just 10 cents each, you'll buy it once, and they'll use it for life. How's that for the perfect gift? Celebrate with 100 free blades on your first purchase, and no subscription headaches. HensonShaving.com slash holiday there's only one road into key west but you won't believe where it can take you travel back in time to a city rich with history discover amazing artists and musicians taste seafood fresh off the boat or just kick back and soak up the island vibe for more about key west visit flakeys.com key west close to perfect far from normal you know, it was more than a financial thing that his mom needs. She need to, <clears throat> she need to be delivered from her addiction. You know, which is caught, which was caused because of her husband and her parents not being with her. So it came from stress and depression that caused her to get on drugs from the get go in the hood. Okay, real stuff. This goes on a lot in the hood. It does. That's why this young man done this. His brother done it. Now, this is a fictional story, fictional story, but it happens close to that in different neighborhoods throughout the city and state. Okay, I want to get that clear. Okay. One thing led to another, blah, blah, blah. He wind up, you know, running to, into the law. They called him the Jizna or the Dicks or whatever like that. You know, he wind up to them, got in trouble, wind up getting busted, wind up getting locked up and everything. So, therefore, that even affected his character and his psyche 
even more. You know, so he's done a few little time in jail and whatever like that. He got in jail. He ran into a few other black prominent men, Muslims, black brothers, the revolution. He got to talk to them. You know, he also met a Christian black brother, you know, as well. So he started talking to them, etc., and stuff like that. Okay. All right. Why he is? Why he's in jail? He's he's very interested in learning more about what these young, distinguished, you know, self-educated black men was talking about. Okay. He's very interested in that. All right, but it's another brother over there. He noticed was reading a Bible, you know, reading the Bible. Okay. Hold on. Okay. So, therefore, he went over there. You know, got attention. Blah blah blah. The young brothers got to talk about it. The, the young black revolutionary brothers. You know, they got to talking about him and everything, and that enticed him so much. He also talked about the guy that was reading the Bible. Now, listen now. Listen to me closely. You know, both of them are black now. Both of them are black. And he decided to uh, give ear to both of them to hear what they had to say. Okay. His hunger and his attention span was more, he was more enticed and more interested in what the other guys were saying. Because, you know, they was talking about uh, certain things about being in a hole, you know, and they told him stories about what caught his eye, which surprised him that the black man has been cursed for thousands of years or whatever, or whatever like that, okay? You know, they told him stories, they told him different things, they told say, you know, they can prove, they showed him certain scriptures in the Bible, you know, the days of Ham or whatever, that they're cursed other Ham and different stories like that, and they was cursed by God. So evidence, uh, immediately they turned him away from the other guy with the Bible, the Christian guy. They turned him away because, therefore, why would I want to get involved and know a God that cursed us and made us black? Why would I, why would I want to follow a God that cursed me and made me black? Therefore, black is a bad color. The black race is a bad color. These brothers was telling me the truth. They was very knowledgeable. They looked out for me. They made sure I ate and they looked out for me and everything, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So he was enticed by that education. You know, he was enticed. They didn't force him. They didn't make them. They just told them their history. They just told them, read them different scriptures out of the Bible. They hit Deuteronomy. They hit they hit other areas of the Bible of the black man being cursed. You follow me? The black man being cursed. You know, now what I'm saying, now I'm not here to judge whoever going that route or believe that route. I'm just giving you a fictional story, different fictional stories. It's going to take some time, but it's, it's going to help us. So he was enticed by that, you know. So he started learning. He started learning more. He started learning more. He started learning more. They also taught him how to clean himself up, which is a good thing. He got off drugs. He got off everything. You know, he was doing well. He got educated. He got educated, you know. He got all that in jail. 
the few years he done, he got educated. He got well informed by these young black revolutionary, revolutionary men, black men, prominent black men. The, 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 man, the man he never had as a father in his life, he had it in those guys. He found that father figure, and this father figure happened to be, happened to be a prominent black man. So he got educated. He got very educated in that belief and that doctrine, because it is a doctrine. In that doctrine, he got very educated. And he heard some things he never heard before, because he'd never been nowhere. He'd never been out of the hood. So they touched him. They got him, you know. So he did listen to the guy that was reading the Bible, though, you know. And the guy really didn't do his job, you know, far as that, you know. He didn't do his job. Uh, he told him about Jesus, and uh, he came a little bit too hard and everything like that. But these guys came with scriptures. They came, whether it was misinterpreted scripture or what, that's not what I'm talking about. But he, they, they, at least they had some scriptures to show this young man or some verses in the Bible, you know, about the black man being cursed. We are cursed. The white man is never going to let us get nothing. We have to get it ourselves. We have to take it. And they weren't talking about violence or nothing like that, but there was that point. We have to take it. We have to start our own. You know, do not trust the white man. Okay, and ain't not too much wrong with that. That's what they was teaching them, all right? So make a long story short, in this story, he went on that way. But he it was planted in his head as he got older that, Black, the black color skin is a cursed skin, skin wise race. He grew up believing that. Okay, that's another story, all right, when it comes to what I'm trying to get into, all right. So, there's many stories black men are told. I ain't talking about white men, I ain't talking about Caucasian, nobody else. I'm just talking about the black men. I'm sure they have their stories too, but I'm talking about the black man now. I'm talking about the black man, okay. With these fictional stories, but they, they, they lead to real things that's happening in life. Okay, all right. Okay, here's another one that happens today a lot. You know, it happens today a lot when it comes to black young men. I'm focusing on black young men now. What happens today? You know, you have two black men. I know there's women like that too, but I'm just focusing on my black men. You have two black men that live in a, su a successful family. They live in a well-off neighborhood, okay? A well-off neighborhood, done well. This young man, I'm just using one example. This young man was brought up well. His parents had a successful job. They wasn't wealthy, but they was doing very well. Doing very well. The man was getting his education and everything like that, okay? All right? So, they was very successful. They ran their own company. They had white men and white women under them. So, they owned the companies. You know, they owned the companies themselves. They, they worked hard to be or what they... They, to be the way they at now, they probably have, didn't work as hard as the white man, but at least they got there. Okay, at least they got there and they wind up being the CEOs and the owners of these companies. Okay, so the, this young man was very well off 
not so much of a silver spoon lifestyle, but he was very much well off. Okay. All right. He went and he met a young lady, a, uh, a very beautiful black young lady. He met a young lady. She lived in the hood. Okay. She didn't have as much as him. I'm making these stories up as they go, so I'm just thinking I'm rolling, you know. And they met and they got together and they started kicking and whatever like that, okay? <clears throat> she had friends, and the friends had friends, and the friends had friends. And they all had the same mentality that he really never heard before. They had the same mentality of the white man is the devil. The white man is keeping us down. They made him even look bad. Say, man, look at you, man. You talk funny. Because he had a very, he used his language very professionally, like a language should be used by any man, black or white. But the hood guys, it sounded funny to them because all of them talk the same. That's from the hood. Okay? They all talk slang. They had that slang lingo. Okay? Because that's the mentality you kind of catch on to. It's kind of like a magnet. You know, it's kind of like uh, a mimicking. You kind of mimic what's in your hood. You know, that's because that's all you see around your hood if you don't go nowhere, if you don't step out nowhere. That's all you're around when it comes to your hood. You have a type of mimicking way. You start acting like each other or even sometimes walking like each other and a lot of times dressing like each other. It's been that through the 70s even back then. You, you have that mentality because you grew up. We all know a guy who only occasionally shaves for big occasions, and it's because that occasional shave really hurts. It's the time of year for big occasions, and yet there he is, suffering with that cheap drugstore razor. Let's help him out. Henson Shaving's line of razors, built with aerospace precision, deliver a smooth shave your dad, brother, and even son can enjoy, eventually. With replacement blades just 10 cents each, you'll buy it once, and they'll use it for life. How's that for the perfect gift? Celebrate with 100 free blades on your first purchase, and no subscription headaches. HensonShaving.com slash holiday it's time to get your checking account to zero with free checking from PenFed. that's zero atm fees zero balance requirements and zero time spent waiting for your paycheck to direct deposit because you can receive it up to two days early open your account with just 25 dollars and see how big zero can be apply online today at penfed.org slash free checking early direct deposit eligibility may vary between pay periods and timing of payers funding to receive any advertised product you must become a member of PenFed, insured by ncua in the hood. This young black man didn't, you know. So he was kind of laughed at a little bit. Even his lady, so-called lady, laughed at him. But they wound up, you know, files this, you know, coercing them and telling them, you know, you know, files this, this is where a black man's supposed to be. We, we are made to struggle like this because, you know, this is, we are in a type of a victimhood of the white man, you know. You know, they got special privileges. They have special rights, you know. So this is what we got to do. They, we, you know, we got to sell drugs. We got to do this. We got to whatever like that. Now, all of them didn't sell drugs. So this is just a fictional story. I know there's other situations. All black men don't do drugs and, and all is smoking. I, I know that. I'm not saying that, but I'm just using this as a scenario. I'm going somewhere with this, okay? All right. So. 
He got to hanging out with them. 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 You know, you know, far, then all of a sudden his, his conversation started changing. He started using certain languages that he wasn't used. He was taught better by his two black parents, fully black parents. You know, he was taught better than that, these educated parents that made this, that worked hard to get what they was getting. Then he started, you know, losing language, got the cussing and, the, you know, effing and stuff like that. And, it was, and the parents even noticed that change in him. You follow me what I'm saying? Okay? You follow what I'm saying? So, you see, he even started dressing different. His parents noticed that. He started dressing different, you know, and everything. His parents questioned him about what was going on. He, he started lying at first, saying everything is okay. They noticed he started looking a little different whenever walking a little different. So, I was changing the way he, he done his hair. He had nice, neatly cut hair. Now, I'm not, I'm not saying that, just, that makes you a perfect or whatever, the, the, the right black man. Don't get me wrong. But I'm just, I'm going somewhere. He had his hair started, you know, he started doing this, put colors in, coloring in his hair, and then he started dread and different things like that you know that's not wrong there's nothing wrong with that but the way he was brought up you know he was told this is the way he was caught up in a, a hard place because he only knew one way you know he didn't hear a lot of stories of black man and a lot of stories about the slavery. His parents knew about that, but they didn't drown him in that. They gave him some real education, how to better yourself now. You know, they didn't give him a lot of horror stories, you know. They just talked about some things, you know, as far as that, but he has been, he was educated on that. He even tried to tell some of the young black men and his lady about those things he have learned from his parents, his two black, four black parents, okay? Well, anyway, what wind up happening you have this young man, successful, great parents, well-fed, get good schooling, and you had another black young lady and another young black man from the hood. Now, if you hang around an area long enough, long enough, some of that lingo and some of that lifestyle and some of those things will bounce on you. You don't have to accept it but it does you might even slip and notice certain things you notice certain things changing because you know the environment that you're in you know the, the environment that you're in so environments do make a difference but it's still a choice environments do make a difference these are two different environments okay what happened is what happened is they used to have conversations and different conversations like that, you know. And, you know, you had the guy in the hood talking about that, man, I, I see it this way and whatever like that. I understand what you're saying. But, you know, the mentality was, you know, that, you know, we, we can't get far. The white man got better privileges and whatever like that. Now, some of that is true, but the most of it is not, especially today. It was back there going in the 60s and whatever. Yes, that, that was true. That was very true. They had certain special privileges. Not all, but they did. You know, but even even back in the 60s, then you had successful black men and women that made it. They had to fight harder, but they made it. OK, let me digress. OK, then I'm going to tell you where I'm going with this. 
he started bringing that type of lingo. He didn't do drugs or nothing like that. You know, he didn't fall into that. He, you know, all black young men don't fall into that. You know, but he started, his language changed a little bit, a little bit and whatever like that. He started questioning his parents about them, what he heard from the people in the hood and whatever like that. And they noticed the difference in everything. So they talked to him about that. But at the same time, they told him, you need to stop hanging around the neighborhood. It's a bad influence on you. Now, this is a black man telling his black son that the black hood it's a bad influence on you as a black man. <laughs> okay? You follow what I'm saying? His own black people. It's a bad influence on him. And he's black. Okay? You understand what I'm saying? Sometimes that's confusing for young people. You know? Okay, why is a black people in another hood a bad influence on me as a black man? You know? They told me that's the norm. They told me that's the norm. And the hood, that's the norm. Because why do they think it's the norm? They think it's the norm because that's all they know. So that's the norm to them, to a lot of young black men. Not all, but many of them think it's the norm. I'm not talking about the extreme ones. But many of them think it's the norm because that's all they know. That's all they know. That's all they see. That's all they hear. They see different things. They think it's the norm. It affects any type of ethnicity. You know, they think it's the norm. I'm not even talking about slavery. I'm talking about black and black. Black and black. This has nothing to do with white on black. This is black and black. They think it's the norm in the hood. You know, while this other black man, he heard stories of it and everything, but, you know, he was taught a certain way, and he felt even a little bit kind of guilty because he felt he was out of his black way of a black style that a black man, it made him confused. What is the definition of a real black man? How should we talk? Are we allowed this? Are we really cursed? Are we really victims? Wow. You know, it's confusing. Well, anyway... That's a lot of that confusion is going on right now. Okay? A lot of confusion going on right now. Mimicking. Mimicking. This, mimicking always went on. What do you mean by mimicking, Joe? That means you copying and acting like someone else because they're either in your neighborhood, in your family, or in your whatever. Usually, I'm, I'm talking about in general neighborhoods now. And in the black neighborhood, a lot of young black men mimic each other or they mimic some other leader that's older than them. But it's not all their fault because, first of all, they're in the hood. That's all they're seeing. And all of them are not poor. Let me put emphasis on that. Today, all these black families are not poor. They make pretty good money. They make pretty good money. You can be in the black neighborhood and make pretty good money and still be in bondage to your own color. By the way you think and your thoughts, you still would think that the white man is holding you down even though you're pretty successful because you want to be where they at. You're not satisfied where you at. You want to take what they got or you feel it belongs to you. Not all. Some think that. Some think that. I hear it. I talk to some of them. Some black men think that. Even young black men. You know. So anyway. You have a lot of mimicking. They dress alike. 
most of them, not most of them, but a lot of them. They talk alike, you know. A lot of them, not most of them, I don't think it's most of them, but a lot of them choose to live that type of hood lifestyle. You know, drugs, if it ain't drugs, it's hustle. Nothing wrong with hustle, but as long as it's legal. But I'm talking about illegal hustle. They think that's all they can do because they're looking for quick money because they was told that's how it is for the black man, especially the black young man. They know about college. You know, I ain't going to put up college. College is just wicked now. But they know about school, and they, a lot of them know about trades. But they choose this way because they're told you need to get it right now. It ain't going to always be around for you. The door's going to shut on us, us as in black men, okay? The white man ain't going to let us do this. The white man ain't going to let us do this. The Indian ain't going to let us do this, man. You know, blah, 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 man. You know, just just hustle. Let's do this. Let's do this. Let's do this. Let's do this. Okay. All right. <clears throat> I'm going long with this. I know. I don't want to. This is going to go long. So I hope you have the patience to listen to what I'm saying because this is very important of what I'm talking about. And I'm just freestyling right now. I'm not, I don't have any papers in front of me or nothing. I'm not giving up nothing, but I'm just going by experience and what's going on, you know, Father, and what I see. So I want you to understand that what I see, you see something different. Okay, good. But this is what Joseph see. This is what I've seen and I've been through. Okay. Let's talk about my story. My story, I grew up, it wasn't a really, it wasn't a poor neighborhood. It was middle class people. I lived in a middle class neighborhood. It was not poor. It wasn't even a ghetto. You know, compared to some ghettos you have in Chicago and other areas, Philadelphia and Detroit, etc. You know, in Baltimore. Chicago got their ghettos. But I didn't grow up in the ghetto. I grew up in a black neighborhood. I grew up in a black neighborhood, okay? All right. My dad and mom bro brought me up well. We all know a guy who only occasionally shaves for big occasions, and it's because that occasional shave really hurts. It's the time of year for big occasions, and yet there he is, suffering with that cheap drugstore razor. Let's help him out. Henson Shaving's line of razors, built with aerospace precision, deliver a smooth shave your dad, brother, and even son can enjoy. Eventually. With replacement blades just 10 cents each, you'll buy it once, and they'll use it for life. How's that for the perfect gift? Celebrate with 100 free blades on your first purchase, and no subscription headaches. HensonShaving.com slash holiday vernon 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 the heating and cooling specialist the name says it all when you focus solely on indoor comfort for 43 years well you get really good at it get your heating or cooling system tuned by a vernon specialist today for only 69 dollars Vernon's 60 to 90 minutes of meticulous system inspection guarantees energy savings or the tune-up is free. Now that's a value. Go to vernonheating.com. Vernonheating.com. My mom wasn't well educated. My dad was. We was well fed and whatever like that. We, we, we got a well. It was 11 of us. 11 of us in that little small house. Six brothers. Five sisters and that small house. So it was 11 of us. And mom and dad took care of us pretty well. They wound up divorcing, but I'm not going to get into that. That's another story. But in our younger years, my mom took care of us, the brothers and the sisters. You know, you had poor people. But like I said, I was around a lot of middle class people. I knew about the hoods. I knew about the ghettos. I was brought up well. Okay. They, they put me in school. They told me I needed an education in a, in a pretty, you know, okay neighborhood at the time. I had my friends. I had my homies. 
you know, I went to shoot school. Anybody shoot school? Woo, 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 woo. From Chicago, Chi-Town. I went to shoot school. I started off going to Whistler. Then I went to a school called Shoop School. You know, the Chicagoans couldn't understand it if they listened to this podcast. Okay? I didn't like school. No. I didn't study hard in school. No. I did not do that. I just didn't. It had nothing. First of all, let me put it. It had nothing to do with my mom and dad. My mom wasn't real educated. I think she was as high as the fifth or sixth grade. My dad went through college. So opposites attract. They was very different even in their personalities. Okay. You know, my grandpapa was a preacher. He was a pastor. He was our pastor. And a lot of the other neighborhood kids are pastors. Okay, let me not get ahead of myself. But anyway, I was okay. I could have done even better and went further because I knew how to draw well because I was a good drawer. I was very, I loved drawing. I was a good drawer. Even though I wasn't educated real well, I never got my high school diploma. Listen carefully. It wasn't my parents' fault because I didn't get no high school diploma. It was my fault. I could blame it on my mental struggles. Maybe that has something to do with it. But I had enough mental capacity to get my high school diploma if I put some sweat equity in it. You know, in all the mess, I was brought up better. I wasn't forced by gains or nothing. Okay? I wasn't forced by gains or nothing. There was gains in my neighborhood as I got older. You know, even some of former hangout people. I never had a lot of friends. They was bangers and stuff like that. In our neighborhood, we had the Black Gangster Disciples, and then you had the Cross, you had the Lynchmans, you had et cetera. Then you had the El Rukins, formerly of the Blackstone Rangers and stuff like that. You had the gangs, you know, and the hood, Morgan Park, Maple Park, Higgins, you know, Racing Courts, those areas like that. Now, only Chicago people understand what I'm talking about. This is Southside. Okay, this is Southside. You know, I was in that area, okay? I started drinking, you know. Joe, why did you drink? My drink is because I was so um, so much of an introvert. So you can ask me why I drink. I drink because it made me feel more confident. That's the same reason I, started, I was smoking marijuana. It wasn't because of medical reason. And at the same time, it could have been because of my mental struggles, Part of that could be with my mental struggles, I believe. But that was the reason I did it, because it was like a band-aid. It was like a covering that brought confidence. So I got into all that, okay, in my neighborhood. Mostly, predominantly black. But we had whites close by. We had whites in Beverly Hills and all that. But they was kind of from a far distance. But I was never prejudiced. Or if some people don't think black people can be racist. Uh, I kind of argue on it or whatever. But I was never prejudiced, you know against white people. I, I was never prejudiced. I was skeptical about them. My dad or my mom, not my mom more than my dad, because she was mostly in the South and she struggled growing up. But my dad was educated. You see the difference? And, and I'm not saying everybody like that, but it seemed like the more educated back then that certain ones were, they didn't dwell on the mentality of victimhood as much as the ones that wasn't educated. But they were educated. So they didn't babysit the victim mentality speech to us in the home. You heard it from mom, and you heard it from your neighbors or whatever like that, you know, and a lot of the times they was a Mississippi, they didn't finish school, they seen a lot of slavery, they seen a lot of hard knocks, so, you know, my dad too, but my dad made it through, he got educated, my mom didn't. 
she felt she became a victim, so she struggled, and she had her issues with white people. And I have no doubt back then, that was racist. White people treated black people very bad. Very, very bad. No doubt about that. Okay, you, you understand what I'm saying? You're following what I'm saying. This is going to take probably about 25 more minutes or something like that. You follow what I'm saying? I'm trying to give a breakdown where I'm going with this, you know. So, that was the difference between my mom and dad. Education was a big difference. I seen that. I didn't pay too much attention to it then like I do now. But education was a big difference, you know. And back then... Education was hard to come by for the black woman and the black man. It was. That's, that's just real. We cannot deny that. Come on. Even some of us black men that know better, we cannot deny that. That was real. It was racism. White people really done black people wrong. You know, I do a teaching on that uh, of white people even being done wrong to get lynched. But I'm not going to get into it. I'm just, let's just talk about the black men right now. You know, because this is very important, you know. So that happened. So it was a different, my mom and dad was like night and day. <laughs> mom, Elizabeth, they used to call her Pee-wee, I heard. And dad was like night and day. My dad was laid back. He was educated. He talked very proper. And as a black man, that was something was very interesting because the stereotype, of black men is always not talking well, not using words well because of their lack of education, not because they did not want it. They was kept from it back then. You see, they was kept from it back then. So they lived in a country that used words wrong or whatever like that. So, you know, yes, or they call shrimp, uh, scrimps and stuff like that. I heard a lot of that from my cousins. And I heard a lot of country talking and everything like that. And it was funny and it was cool at the same time. And my dad talked it proper. And we used, it used to be a lot of jokes about my dad as well. Say, your dad talked like a white man. <laughs> like a white man. And we thought only white men use certain words and certain vernacular a certain way. You know, that was the, that was the thought pattern, you know. If you talk kind of intelligent, not everybody now. You talk, you, if you talk kind of intelligent, you talk like the white man. That was the whole thing. Y'all know, y'all you understand what I'm saying. You talk like a white man. It wasn't, it wasn't normal, you know in the hood sometimes for a black man or woman to talk and use the right vernacular and correct English because back then they was very limited and slowed down and stopped. They had certain schools. They can only go to all black schools. And I think my mom then went through that, uh, that area. They went through part of that area, you know, that it was a lot of racism. They went through a lot of that area. So I can see it affecting their psyche. I can see that affecting their thinking. Okay? This is real stuff. So if some people still, some blacks are still caught up in that, I, I feel that I can understand that. You know? I can understand that because they've been through that. Listen close. They've been through it. In this kind of of a curse on them, the hard for them to get out of that type of thinking because they was always told that you weren't no good, you was lower than us, that you were dogs, and you could be called niggas, called colored people, that niggas went to niggas, went to colored people and whatever like that, you know. It ain't like y'all never heard this language before. This is real talk now. 
body of Christ real talk. You know, they heard those things being called niggers. If it wasn't called towards them, they heard it through other people. They was in the Martin Luther King area, early areas, the Malcolm X early areas and whatever like that, the uh, Booker T. Washington and all those type of guys. You know, they heard the stories from Gwendolyn Brooks and all the other ones and the Uncle Toms and whatever like that, which is Mitch, uh, people really told about Uncle Tom, but that I ain't going to get into that. They heard, I'm sure a lot of them heard about that. I'm not saying my mom and dad did, but I'm just trying to be general with this conversation, you know. In other words, they, 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 they grew up in those 60s and whatever, like the, those struggles. You know, that slavery struggles, not most of them in the South, because the South had more slavery than they did in the North. You know, for a lot of you guys did not know that. So they struggled through their slavery. They had their struggles. So it did affect their education. And a lot of them could not read, not because they did not want to, it's because they were stopped. They was limited from reading. You had a few whites, uh, quite a few whites, that helped them read, to learn how to read. But the norm, let me put emphasis on this, back then, the norm in parts of Mississippi, Alabama, you know, places like that, the two main places, and, and there's others as well, uh, back there, there was that mentality of the black man was no good. He wasn't as privileged as the white man, and he wasn't because it was made that way. You know, there was laws that limited the black man back then. And therefore, in other words, my mom, she knew something about that. She might not have been right in it. I don't know. I never talked to my mom about it. And I, used, and I wonder why, because I didn't think about that too much. And that's amazing. I did not think about that too much. I knew about slavery. We grew up, we watched Roots, remember Roots, Kunta Kinte and all that. We heard those, we, we heard about this, you know, uh, movies like Zulu and whatever. It was always mostly white people or Caucasian looking down and treating black people like dirt. True stories, like dirt. I'm being for real, like dirt. You know, the names of niggas, we was called, not we, but as a black family person, coons, we was called all kind of names back then. I didn't live through that. I heard about it. I seen movies. So majority of my education about that came from movies. It ain't nothing I experienced. So I can't say, you know, that, you know, I can feel the pain like they did because I don't. I can understand it because hate is hate. Pain is pain, but I never been there. I wasn't there with them, so I can't say, "Well, y'all still act like that." That ain't still happening. Blah 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 blah. I can't really say that because some of them has been damaged, you know, and still caught up in that victim mentality. Now you might say, they the, "Yeah, victim mentality means they was told that they were no good. They were victimized." They was a lot of them was t- a lot of them a lot of the black men manhood was tucking from them, and a lot of women was raped in their womanhood. Black women was tucking from them. Okay, you follow what I'm saying? Okay, so all that is real. That's that cannot be deniable. That's real history. That's real history. That happened. There is another side, but I'm just talking. I'm going somewhere about that side. You know, I cannot say. I can feel you, like we say today. No, I, we can't. We never been through that time. We were just told what happened and how the white man is. 
okay, is and was is two different things. We was told that's how the white man is, not was, some of them, but is. And that still carries a long way today. The white man is still like that today. The white man is still hate black people. Now, some of that true, yes, you still have racist white people. You still have racist white people that don't like black people. It's not as much as you think today, but you still have racist people. They're not going away. You're going to always have some whites that hate black folks, hate black people, okay? You're going to always have that, you know? So part of that is true. White, a lot of, you know, uh, I'm not going to say a lot because I don't know the percentages, but there is still white people that hate, can't stand black people. And then you look at the white person side. Why are a lot of white people like that? Majority of them was taught that way for hate on the other side. Follow what I'm saying. We was taught by the black man and our past fathers and some of our family members that really went through it that the white man was evil and they hated blacks and the blacks was coons and the blacks was dirty and the blacks was stinky and stuff they looked like gorillas they looked like apes I'm being real now you know we was you know back then they was told that and a lot of them believed it some a lot made it through but a lot of them believed that you know, then on the white side, on the Caucasian side, they was taught the same thing that we they are better than black people. Black people are apes, they smell bad and etc. like that. You should not participate and be with the black people. You know, that's why you got that mentality, even though they never went through that time, they still think like that because they was taught that it's a generational teaching on both sides. One is victimhood and one is victory, I'm better. One was one is saying I don't have no privileges, and the other one saying my privileges is better than yours over yours because I'm better than you. But both of them was taught the victimhood mentality because what happened for real in the past from the black man and also the Caucasian, the white man mentality, telling them by their forefathers and their parents or in-laws or whatever that they were better and the black man was lower than dirt and dogs. So. Both of them being bamboozled and, you know, hoodwinked and stuff like that. But there's in truth in both of them. They, they was taught this way, the black man and the white man. That's why you still have this type of thinking today. That's part of it. You don't need to be educated on that. You see that. I see that. I read. I studied. I'm not very educated, but I know how to read and my comprehension. And I'm not stupid. I might be a little slower, but I'm going to catch things, okay? Okay, let me get back to me. The reason, first of all, I didn't get my high school diploma. I had nothing to do with my mom and dad. They brought me up better. It was a choice of mine. Part of the choice, I didn't like school. Another choice, I, didn't, I, didn't get, I, I wanted to hang out with the fellas. I cut so much school. I cut more school than I went to school. I cut more than I went to school. Why, Joe? The white man? Made, no. It had nothing to do with the white man. Matter of fact, growing up, I had some white people, but it was good to me. We had a white doctor called Dr. Pedro. So we had a lot of white people. We had a lot of white friends. Some of our cousins had white families and whatever. Like We had white people that was really real decent with us. So I had nothing to do with white people in my family. But, or treating me wrong, I still chose to do the things I do, even though I was brought up pretty good and very well. 
compared to a lot of others that make those excuses. Is it an excuse? Yeah, it's an excuse, but it don't have to be a means that what you have to do. I chose to go out there, even though I could have been more educated, I chose to do that. I chose to smoke drugs because I was insecure. Wonder white man. You could say they supplied it, but I still done it. Whether they supplied it or not. You know. And a lot of that is true. But most of it is not. You know, evil is evil though. But I still choose to smoke dope. I still chose to drink. I chose that. Nobody forced me. Okay? Nobody forced me. All right? Let me get I'm talking about me now. I'm not talking about you. I'm talking about going down the baby boom is my age. Nobody forced me. And I bet you a lot of the ones I hang hung out with, they started doing drugs and smoke a pot and it had nothing to do with the white man. And it had nothing to do with the white man. Yes, you have areas where jobs was hard. But I'm I was in an area that it was some opportunity, a lot of opportunity. I didn't face the racism like my parents and a lot of other people did. Therefore, I never held on to that as a victim. I never really thought that I was a victim. And I'm not just saying this. You know, I know everybody I'm, I'm not saying everybody think like that, but I never thought I was a victim. I was always very independent, even though I was in the shell and I kept to myself. I liked being by myself because I, that was just the type of person I was, you know, growing up, you know, my mental struggles and other things. But I never blamed a white man. I liked hanging around white people. I liked wearing, hanging around any race. That was just me. I never had that in me, you know. I never had that in me. Only if, if I had anything in me, it was if a white man was boxing a black man, I wanted a black man to win because he's my part of my ethnicity. It has nothing to do because I didn't like white people. It's just I just wanted a black man to win because he's part of my ethnicity. You know, but far as that, <laughs> far as that, no. I got into those things by choice. Was it coerced? Yes, a lot of it was coerced because I was around that crowd and that was the norm. And at area, not all of Morgan Park, now listen closely, not all of Morgan Park, that was the norm, you know. So we're in the hood, in other words. So the things that I done was not because of a black man, listen close, I mean white man. The things that I done and was caused to do, is it was from another black man. Listen closely. The things that I decided to do in my life, it was still my choice. I didn't have to do it because even no one forced me to black or white. But even in my surroundings in Morgan Park, you know, I was coerced and to do the things that I done, not forced because of my surroundings. You are part of your, you are a victim of your environment. Not all the time, the majority of times you're not. But I was in an environment that I was co-ors and what I've seen is from black men. Even though black men was blaming white men for drugs, they was blaming white men for this, blaming white man was that, they didn't have no problem selling me no drugs, another black man. They didn't have a problem, you know, just uh, sleeping with women everywhere, a black man. They didn't have no problem killing each other. We didn't have no problem gang banking. We didn't gang bank against white people. Barely, not even with the uh, Latinos. It was black on black. It was black on black. Okay? Now, you might say, you know, oh, it's because of society, whatever like that. Only a little part of that is true. 
Yes, I understand that only a little part of this is true. I don't deny it. I'm not in denial. I want to get that straight right now. I'm not in denial. This is real talk. This is straight up. I'm going by my experience. You know, you uh, you can you can look different and see things different. You might have had some situations with racists. I'm not saying that 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 is real. I'm not denying you for that. That's hateful. I can't stand that. I hate any type of racist, black or white. I hate that. You know, I'm not saying you never went through nothing. So don't judge me on that. I'm. You can't judge me on my experience. You know, no more that I can judge you on yours or what you went through. You probably went through a lot of racism that was caused by the white man. I'm talking about me. And believe me, brother and sister, I'm not the only one that haven't been coerced or forced to do anything by white folks or white people. You understand what I'm saying? We all know a guy who only occasionally shaves for big occasions, and it's because that occasional shave really hurts. It's the time of year for big occasions, and yet there he is, suffering with that cheap drugstore razor. Let's help him out. Henson Shaving's line of razors, built with aerospace precision, deliver a smooth shave your dad, brother, and even son can enjoy, eventually. With replacement blades just 10 cents each, you'll buy it once, and they'll use it for life. How's that for the perfect gift? Celebrate with 100 free blades on your first purchase, and no subscription headaches. HensonShaving.com slash holiday it's time to get your checking account to zero with free checking from PenFed. that's zero atm fees zero balance requirements and zero time spent waiting for your paycheck to direct deposit because you can receive it up to two days early open your account with just 25 dollars and see how big zero can be apply online today at penfed.org slash free checking early direct deposit eligibility may vary between pay periods and timing of payers funding to receive any advertised product you must become a member of PenFed, insured by ncua My point is, I'm not saying that never happened. That was with my brothers. That was with my sisters. I'm talking about me. I'm not talking about my brothers, my sisters, my cousins, my uncles, or nobody else. I'm talking about Joseph, me, myself. That's why it never affected me that way. So if it never affected me that way, I'm sure it's thousands of others out there never affected them. They never blamed the white man. They heard the stories, but they never blamed the white man. Okay? Roundabout way, I went this way. There's so much I like to say. I went this way because of what? What was the name of this title? Well, I said first, stop giving up your color for a curse. Stop giving up your color for a curse. Okay? We need to stop giving up our color, color as in black people for a curse. Okay? Alright, Joe, what do you mean by that? Now, I'm going to say something and I'm not saying this is what's really happening, but we use sometimes some of us, black people, black men and black women, I believe, and I know this personally, even within myself, sometimes when I used to think this way, that I'm underprivileged. I'm a victim. You probably heard that term before. I'm a victim. What do you mean by that, Joe? I've been mistreated. I've been done wrong. I've been told that I wasn't worth it. I've been told that I was a, 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 a coon. I've been told that I was an eight. Now, I'm not saying that nobody told me this person, but I'm just using those words that was used back in the past and sometimes even today. I've been told all of that, that 
I was a victim and white people hate me. When, you, when I use the term white people, I'm talking about white people in general. So, okay, victimhood. Because of what? Of my color. There's different stories and different religions that teach this type of curse thing that's on black people. The color of our skin is a curse. I'm not going to get into that now because I need to, I need to educate myself more on that. That's for, that's for later. That's not important now. You know, that's garbage to me. So, but it's not important now. But I understand where they're coming from. So therefore, even growing up, and I never felt pressured like that, I, I often felt, not always, I often felt that our race was a little lower than the Caucasian. The Caucasian had it better. You feel, understand what I'm saying? And, uh, and uh, quite a bit, but that was true. But is it really true why and how? Why they're doing things better and why they got things better? Is it because they're white? Is, be, is it because they have really have white privileges? Okay. Is it? Has that been ever proven? Has it been ever proven that white people always had white privilege over black people there always has been now let's go back to biblical terms because I was going back to the Bible you know did God curse black people okay what color I'm going to say something you probably never heard before okay if we was cursed what color was our race coming from Ham before the so called curse then what color were they hmm let me ask this question again. If we were so-called cursed, you know, because what Ham done, you know, far with uh, um, uh, Noah, you know, seeing him naked and Sham and Japheth covered him up and stuff like that. There's another story in itself. But it's a lot of teachers by a lot of prominent black men that teaches. And I believe they really believe this. You know, they're, they're stuck on this. You know, they really believe. They stand up on this, you know, that we are cursed. We are a cursed race. We got cursed because of the dark. Our curse was the dark, us being black. So in other words, black, black people are cursed according to what happened, you know, what Ham done by looking at Noah and the nude. I can get into that another time. But, you know, that's a lot of that came from that. I got to educate myself more on that. So, okay. All right. I have this question. What color was that race, so-called race then, before God so-called cursed them, okay? I got another question. And why did he curse them by making them black? Hmm, think about that. You ever think about that when you hear stories like that we are cursed? What color were they then before they got cursed? Okay, look at it this way. In order for that teaching to get out there, now this is my opinion on this, in order for that teacher to get out there, many black men that teach this or black women that teach this, somewhat, I believe, believe that they were European white color. I'm just being honest. They had to probably thought they was white. Now, in order for this, them, Ham's descendants to be cursed by being black, what color was they were they before then? Were they white? 
Okay, if they were white, okay, I can see that, yeah. In other words, if they was white, they had to be superior because so, white is beautiful. White is beautiful. The color white is beautiful. Now, white is purity. White means cleanness and everything like that. So white had to be beautiful, you know. But to be black, that's a negative. That's a negative, okay? So therefore, if they're teaching on the basis that the descendants of Ham were a white race or a European or a light-skinned race or whatever. I'm not saying this is what they do or what they're saying, but I'm just saying, what kind of sense will come about this if you really do your own due diligence? What color were they before they got cursed? Could anybody answer that? I'd like to hear that, really. I would like to hear that. Do anybody know that? And therefore, when God supposed to have cursed them, why did he curse them by being black. In other words, put it all together, together, put two and two together. Black means cursed. Black means bad. Black means evil. You follow what I'm saying. You can see what is going. This teaching is going. Okay. Say this one more time. I want you to get, to get this in your head so you can get in your heart. What color were these descendants of Ham? Let me put descendants on this. Of Ham before they got cursed. Do anybody know? If you do, leave a comment. Let me know. Okay. Did God look at them as white? <laughs> Think about that. Did God look at them as white people? What color did God look at it? Brown people? Red people? Okay. And why didn't he curse them to be blue? Why didn't God curse them to be red? Ham's descendants. Why didn't God curse them to be yellow? How come he chose black? Oh, it must be because black means cursed. Black means evil. Black means mean. Bad. So that's bad in the eyes of God. Black. So therefore, if I'm looking at it uneducated-wise and I'm going doing my homework, you are saying God is prejudiced against black? God is racist against black? Now, I'm not saying you're saying that, but you got to, you got to stick up on this. You got to hold up your guns and come to me better with that. You got to come better than, you got to come better than that. I can't go with that. I, I, I me myself, I cannot go with that. Because I'm just a critical thinker and I just to do my own research and you just can't tell me anything. You could sound as good and have some scriptures backed up. I can't go with that. Okay. When you say that, you saying God don't like black. He said, no, I'm not saying that. How could you not say that? If he cursed us black and black is a curse, then God don't like black people. God don't like black. Understand what I'm saying? When you when you teach this, so the mentality when the people think that their color is a curse, that they are victimhood. Not all blacks now that they are a victim. That's something to think about. Do not let anybody tell you to ask questions. Show me what color that they was before they got cursed, and that curse must have been some type of purity in the eyes of God for God to curse them and make them black. So the descendants of Ham family is cursed by being black. That's why I hear sometimes with some of these proclaimed, you know, you know, revolutionists or whatever like that. And they're pretty good on what they teach, you know, and it's very convincing of what they teach. 
when it comes to blackness, now I'm going to hit home. When it comes to blackness, there's a lot of faiths and religious and somewhat I call cult groups out there are in love with their black color. Mm, Joe, where you going with that? Joe, where you going with that? Their color, they're so stuck on blackness. Therefore, in their situation, you're stuck on blackness. If God cursed blackness and made it a curse and you call yourself a Christian and a believer in God, but you believe that you was cursed black, calling me for yeah I'm not gonna come back there I'm trying to do something here now okay you understand what I'm saying I think I'm gonna have to finish this because this is going longer than I thought. Longer than I thought, I'm getting interrupted a lot, but I want to do another another part on this. I, this wasn't planned now on this, but I just want to say this. Think about what I said. What color were they? First of all, write this down. Were these ham descendants before they was cursed black? Okay, what color were they? I just want to know that. Was it red, blue, yellow? What were the colors then? Is the Bible specific about the color texture? Okay. And if black is a curse, and you said Jesus, you worship Jesus, and you believe that God is your father, you know, far as that, how come God is going to bless you and he cursed black, but at the same time he's going to bless you? If blackness is a curse, the color black. Hmm, I'm kind of confused. You probably have an answer to that, but, you know, you got to explain that to me more. Whoever teaching this stuff, you got to explain that to me more, okay? And I told you I might make some people upset because I'm going to get into not specific, but there's a lot of faiths and a lot of sects out there, you know, on blackness. They worship their blackness. They might not say that, but they worship no blackness. There's nothing wrong with loving your race. It's nothing wrong with loving your color, okay? But I'm going to tell you one thing right there. If you're going to be out there that radical about your color, don't get mad when a white man talks about his color, <laughs> okay? If you can walk out there with a shirt saying black power, I have nothing against that. I understand that. If you can call yourself a black revolutionary, I get that. I can understand that. Or even say black lives matter, which really don't have nothing to do with black folks. But I'm going to use that as a scenario. Black Lives Matter, that's your call because you're looking out for your race, some of you all. Okay? Don't get mad if a white man come and just say white lives matter. If, if a white man said white lives matter, why do we look at them as being racist? Because they say that. Some of us, not some of us is more educated than that. Why do we get mad at them? What if a Latino or Mexican or Colombia come out and said Latino lives matter? Will we look at them and say they're racist? 
or we look a little different at them and say, yeah, they victims, they, they struggle to battle white man either, so we can't look at them that way. But the Caucasian, the white man, if he wears a shirt, uh, even a white shirt, saying white lives matter, why do so many black people get mad at that and call it racist? It's called them racist. And a lot of them are not racist. Some are. They try to get back. Yes, I'm talking about the. I'm not. Ta- I'm talking about the inception of the rule. The ones that's just saying, okay, why come we can't see that? Okay. All right. Now, what I'm seeing now, and I'm gonna get back to some another time, is a victim victimhood flip. It comes, the black man is the victim. And the white man now is the guilty victim. They live life, a lot of them back feeling guilty because what they've done to the so-called black man. But the black man, remember, is cursed. So it ain't nothing wrong they're doing to the black man. He cursed anyway because he's black, according to his descendants of Ham. <laughs> I know I'm going everywhere with this. I'm going everywhere with this because <sighs> the color of our skin is it more important than reality? Is it more important than truth? Is it more important than facts? Let me say that again. The color of your skin, black man, black woman, is it more important? You got to be honest with yourself. I know what my answer is. But I'm talking about you being honest with yourself. Okay? Is it more important than facts? Is it more important than truth? Let me put this out there. Is it if you are a Christian and you think this way, is it more important than the Bible, the Word of God? I ain't trying to lead you. I want you to think about this when I get into part two, because I'm going to get deeper into some more of this. What's up with this color? We need to stop blaming our color. Because that's what it comes to a color black. White, brown, yellow, a color, okay? Is God the author and the finisher of the curse on the black people? So, if God cursed the black people and he cursed the descendants of Ham, was was the black people cursed for anything else besides their color? If God cursed us to be black, why did he curse us to be black? Why come, why black? Why not yellow? Why not green? Well, not green, the, uh, the, the shades of people. Why not brown? Yellow, you know, why not? Why, why have to be black? What, it's in the Bible that's saying black people was evil, black people was cursed. And could you show that to me in the Bible? Uh, show me that, you know, uh, you know, and diff- or something close to it. It ain't got to be remotely saying it verbatim word by word, but just show me that. I'm willing to look at that. Anybody that's listening to me now, just just shoot those scriptures to me. You know, I'm not going to judge you or nothing like that. I'm just going to look at them. Just just show me that. You know, show me that. Okay? Just show me. You know, why would God curse Ham's race? Now, I know the story you're talking about. I understand that. I understand that. I'm doing a teacher on Genesis myself. But I want to, uh, I want to, and I, I like a lot of y'all to go there. But I'm going to finish this off another time. 
I've been over here over an hour now, and I'm going to get back into this because this is very important for us to understand. Let's educate ourselves. Let's be open-minded. Let's be critical thinkers and really challenge these things because we're talking about our race and we're breaking God and we're blaming God for our blackness, a lot of us. We're blaming society and a white man for the situations that we are in every time. Now, some is because of that. I don't deny that. But we're blaming society or some of the even some of our own churches choices that we have made in life as being a black man and a black woman. Okay, Is that all true? Is it all true? If it is, show me something that is all true. Prove to me. Prove to me that the white man today has white privilege over a black man. Was it back there then? According to me, yes, it was. It did have some white privilege because they was racist. They done that. They done that on purpose. They hated, a lot of them hated black people. But it wasn't all white people. The problem is stuck on all white people with some blacks. And vice versa, you know. Coons, dogs, monkeys, gorillas. We've been called all kind of bad names by the white man. But at the same time, we call each other all kind of bad names as well. You know, but it's okay for us to call each other a gorilla, <laughs> a goon, a gargoyle, and stuff like that. It's okay because that's black on black. Oh, so it's black on black. So... Oh, uh, I understand what you're saying now. This is what you're saying, Joe. Since everything is black, you know, uh, since everything, and we are, uh, we know, we are victims or whatever like that. So if that's why it's wrong for the white man to shoot a black man down, or a white cop to shoot a black man down, and everything like that, that's racist. He hate that black man. He hate black people. They hate black people. They always targeting black people, shooting them down. Even though the percentage of the people that got shot down is Caucasians. I'm going to get some study on it's Caucasians. But in the, in the 13, 13% uh, of the population, 13 is only 13% of blacks, but 50-some percent of the crimes are created by blacks. Did you know that? And 13% of black people, 52% of the crimes and homicides are committed by blacks. And why? Who are the blacks killing most of? Did you know the blacks are killing most of? Who else? Blacks. Not the white people that they hate. They're killing blacks. Hmm. But it's the white man's fault. Okay, let me finish right there. Because this is, this is, I get upset. Okay. Stay tuned for another part on that. I'm going to get on a part two of this. I don't know when, but we're going to finish this off. This is Joseph Brown. I've been over an hour now. A body of Christ real talk. Joseph, Joseph Brownlee of body of Christ real talk. I'm going to hit these sides hard. I'm going to let you know and talk about what's going on, what's really. I already let you know, yes, it's still racist. Still a lot of white people don't hate, don't like black people. Okay. There's still a lot of white people don't like black people. Yes, it is. Some white people still in areas have a, a better privilege than black people. For one reason, I'm going to give you a reason why some of that is true and why some of them just fiction. Okay, I want to talk about that. You know, I'm not here to deny nothing. I just want to lay it out there. This is real talk. I just want to lay it out there. You know, you make your own conclusion, okay? God bless you. This is Joseph Brownlee, Body of Christ, Real Talk. Love you. Peace out. Stay tuned for more. Peace out. Love you.
We all know a guy who only occasionally shaves for big occasions, and it's because that occasional shave really hurts. It's the time of year for big occasions, and yet there he is, suffering with that cheap drugstore razor. Let's help him out. Henson Shaving's line of razors, built with aerospace precision, deliver a smooth shave your dad, brother, and even son can enjoy, eventually. With replacement blades just 10 cents each, you'll buy it once, and they'll use it for life. How's that for the perfect gift? Celebrate with 100 free blades on your first purchase, and no subscription headaches. HensonShaving.com slash holiday.